Welcome back to One on One, New York's longest-running sports call-in show. I am Alex Smith alongside Mac Rosenberg, pinch-hitting for Jake and Amit right now. But don't worry, they'll be back in just a few minutes. But now we are joined via the telephone by Fordham Rams head coach, Tom Pecora. Coach, how is everything today? Everything's fine, guys. Good to be with you. Well, first of all, I, w- I want to look back at the first eight games uh, so far this season. I know the hope is to to have more than one win at this point, but how much would you say that how much of the team's early struggles relate to Chris Gaston not being healthy, and then how much of it uh, you know, goes along with having a really tough schedule? Well, I think it's a 50-50 there. I, I think we're the only team in the country that's playing one of their first 11 games at home. And uh, obviously, uh, whether you have a veteran team or, or a young team, that's going to be a tremendous challenge. But having a young team and then taking them on the road for the kind of schedule we're playing, and not only being on the road, but the opponents we're playing, has made it difficult. But uh, look, it's the hand that's been dealt us, and, and uh, you got to play the games. And I think the, the positives will come from it. Obviously, if we have a healthy Chris Gaston, uh, you know, I think there's a couple more wins on the, uh, a couple more games in the win column, so to speak. Uh, one of the things that was difficult with Chris is the, the timing of the injury. You know, I think uh, he, he tweaked the knee in the pit game, tried to play through it in the Robert Morris game. But, uh, you know, we went into the season anticipating having him uh, healthy on the floor. And then when it happens and, and you got to change horses midstream, so to speak, it, it uh, makes it a little more difficult. But once again, we're all big boys here. we got uh, we got games to be played. And uh, we expect Chris to be back next Saturday. So uh, hopefully back uh, for the Princeton game. Fatty McMillan just came back this week, and he'll get some minutes again today, and and we'll be back to close to full health uh, next week. We still have some issues with Luca and with D.C. Gately, which they don't play a lot of minutes in games, but it it impacts practice each day. So uh, it it all carries on together. But uh, we get through the next couple weeks, and then we start playing back in beautiful Rose Hill Gym. And uh, and I think uh, as a healthy team in our home court environment, uh, we're going to continue to grow and get better. Now, Coach, you, you face St. John's tonight coming off two road losses in a row. Harvard uh, came down to physical ability and foul shots. You guys fought pretty hard in that one. And against Lehigh, you fought very hard in the second half. Uh, you think that the, this team is headed in, in, in the right direction now uh, going into this game tonight? Yeah, very much so. I, I really think, guys, look, you have to look at the bright side of things as a coach. And, uh, you know, we have been competing. Uh, you know, Lehigh, other than Pitt, Lehigh is the best basketball team we've played this year. I mean, McCollum's a pro. Uh, Knutson's an outstanding player. They're, they're a senior, veteran-laden team. And, uh, you know, they don't lose at home. They haven't in quite a while. So uh, I was impressed with our second half that we didn't lay down on them. But I was very disappointed that we didn't come out of the gate uh, mature enough to anticipate the kind of, uh, you know, blows they were going to throw at us early in the game at home. And they did that because they're a good team and they're a very efficient team. But the minutes that uh, these young players are getting on the floor right now are priceless. These are going to allow them to be better players as this year progresses. And, uh, you know, right now we call our mistakes experience with a young team. Uh, but I think the key is not allowing them to get their heads down. They can't lose confidence, and that's what myself and my staff have really been working on. We've been coaching them up, letting them know when they make mistakes, but at the same time we're really working hard at having them keep their heads up because that's going to allow them to grow as a team and as players and allow us to you know, have a better second half of the season. I mean, the one thing about a basketball season, it's a marathon. You know, we're, uh, we're eight games into a 30-31 game season. So we're only a third of the way through, and uh, we're going to get ourselves healthy and continue to get better. And we see flashes of brilliance from the freshmen and the sophomores, but I, the key is for them to become more consistent. 
for all of our guys who are younger to become more consistent. And I expect and, and I'm demanding consistency from Chris when he gets back on the floor and Brandon Frazier. And, and right now Brandon has not been consistent. So, uh, you know, they need to mature if we're going to be a good team as well. And, Coach, talking about your younger players, especially the freshmen, how would you grade the way they played so far, especially a guy like Jermaine Myers, who's playing at the point guard position, has the ball in his hands almost every possession. How would you kind of, you know, gauge where he's at right now? Well, I think he's had a uh, C-plus grade so far. I think his numbers are okay. Uh, He's been subservient at times to to the older guys, and he can't be that as a point guard. It's something we've talked to him about. You know, he was exceptional in both of our scrimmages. I think coming out of our scrimmages, he had like 15 assists and four turnovers against Villanova and Marist. Uh, obviously, the intensity is risen. He's playing against some veteran guards. And uh, his, he's at about a one-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio, I believe, right now. We prefer our point guards to be at about two-to-one. And I think by the end of the season, he might be there. Uh, with the big guys, they've been a little dinged up. Obviously, Ryan Rooms rolled the ankle in the pit game. and he's Not quite 100%, but he's getting there. Trevion Leonard's got a little bit of a knee issue, uh, and his conditioning still isn't where it should be. But, you know, after losing 60 pounds, we anticipated that, that he's probably going to be a four- or five-minute spurt guy and then get him a little bit of a blow and then come back with him. I think Ryan Canty is a sophomore. He's been a a bright spot in everything that we've done. Uh, So I think the young guys continue to move forward in that sense. And and, uh, the key with young players is consistency, Uh, not only uh, from uh, their numbers, but the way they prepare for games and uh, the way they get ready to compete on this level. Coach, I want to talk about Mandel Thomas because I think he's been one of those freshmen flying under the radar. You gave him his first career start in Boston and, and then again uh, against Lehigh. And if there's one thing that I've noticed about him, I've seen uh, flashes of his ability to find guys down low. He's been a really good uh, ball handler, and he moves the ball around well. What makes Mandel so special to you? Well, I think down the road he's going to be a very good player. He, uh, you know, Once again, I think the pace of the game is difficult. The physicality of the game is difficult for freshmen. And they're still trying to figure out why is this a foul, why is this not, you know, things of that nature. But Mandel can play both guard positions. He can shoot the ball well. He's a big-time athlete. If he's around the basket, he can play up around the rim. And I think there's a very bright future for him. Uh, You know, I think his energy level has got to stay high for the full, you know, 30 or 20 minutes that he's on the court when he gets those opportunities to do that. He's He's got to rebound the ball better. Uh, you know, that's important if we're going to play with three guards, that these guards go rebound the basketball. And we've seen some life lately with Brian Smith doing that. Uh, but him and Frazier, they're going to have to go get more rebounds, Jermaine Myers. Otherwise, we're going to have to, you know, reconsider this and start playing with a bigger lineup at times. But, uh, you know, once again, with Mandel, I think uh, he's a good player and he's going to continue to get better. He's a wonderful teammate. He works hard every day in practice. He's a great guy to be around. He's a good Fordham man. And, Coach, one of the guys that you just mentioned is Brandon Frazier. He's really stepped up. He's become the go-to guy with Chris out. Uh, first of all, we saw him go down in the Lehigh game. Is he okay, and how important is it for him to step into a leadership role going forward? Uh, he's fine. Uh, you know, he, he's going to be okay. He just cramped up, I think, okay. uh, late in the game. And he's been logging a ton of minutes, so that's that's kind of not a surprise. The hard thing is he's trying to lead a bunch of young guys, and I think at times that's really affecting him to do too much this year. I think he's tried to do a lot, and, uh, and, it, and it's uh, affected his field goal shooting percentage, which right now is unacceptable. It's in the high, mid to high 30s, and we need him in the mid 40s. But I think he's trying to make plays that aren't there at times, and he's feeling the burden of being out there alone without Chris. So hopefully that'll uh, things will settle down there. But but uh, you know the team respects him. He's one of our hardest workers, 
And obviously you saw the numbers and the way he was playing last year. So we know what he's capable of. And uh, we anticipate him to play well tonight. Now, Coach, uh, you know, we've talked about it so many times. You know, 10 of the first 11 away from Rose Hill. How much tougher do you think it's made this team? How much tougher do you think uh, it is for a guy like Brandon Frazier to step into that leadership role when he's barely even at home? It, it, it's all tougher. You're right. You just added up. Guys, look, I think it's 74 75% of home teams win non-conference games in college basketball. And then when you go to uh, guarantee games, the number jumps to about 95%. So if you go into a, into a place where you're – uh, the team being bought is a 95% chance you're going to lose. So th- those numbers don't change. Winning on the road in college is magic, even when you have a veteran team. Uh, and I've, I've had some teams that had success in the past at Hofstra, and we used to say, if we can get on the road, there's no one on the road. You circle the game and say, we're getting that one. Because when you go into someone's building, it's going to be a, it's going to be a dog fight. So being on the road, and even a neutral site, like we played Robert Morris at a neutral site, but it's in Pittsburgh. You know, we played a good Fairfield team, neutral site for both of us, but they're, you know, they've got some veteran backcourt leadership. So, once again, and that's a game we steal, and I think the residue of losses on a young team is difficult. You know, the pit loss affected us in the Robert Morris game. If we beat Fairfield, I think we have a, a little more confidence and a little more of a strut going into the Manhattan game. You know, when you have a young team, the residue of losses is thick. With a veteran team that knows they can win, they lose a game, it, it upsets them, and they come out with even more of an edge the next game. So that's the difference, and that's the direction we're trying to push this team in. And it's a challenge for Brandon to do that because, once again, he's kind of out there on an island as a, as a junior. And, Coach, talking about playing on the road, you, th- you think about your game tonight, you're playing at the Garden. In a way, it's a home game, but in a way, it's an away game. How do you kind of, you know, how do you prepare for these kind of games? What, what's the mentality going into a game that's it's in your home city, but it's not really a home game? Well, it's, you know, we still go through the same routine we do with the road game. We don't stay in our dorms, obviously. We come in here the night before. And, uh, you know, we watch film the evening before as a team and go through a scouting report as we do before practice the day before a game. Uh, this morning we had breakfast and we had a, a scout session and we went through film again and discussed some things that are important. Uh, as you guys know, you've traveled with us. At, at 2.30 we'll meet again as a team and we'll watch film and then we'll walk through cuts in the banquet room. And then we'll leave uh, two hours and two hours before game time and be there about two hours and fifteen. Uh, I'm sorry, an hour forty-five in the building and on the court at least ninety minutes beforehand. So it's a road game. If um, if you look at the game tonight and you watch the game on television or you're lucky enough to be here, there's going to be a lot of red shirts in the lower le- lower level. The St. John season ticket holders have all of the good seats. It's their home game in Madison Square Garden. So, but obviously, playing in the Garden, an opportunity for our Fordham fans to come out, and that's important. You know, as we build this thing, and I've talked about this before, you know, we gotta we got to either put up or shut up. When we play games in the Garden and the Barclays Center, the people who run those buildings, the people who run those buildings need to say, you know what, Fordham, Fordham travels. Fordham brings people to the building, and that will entice them to invite us there to play more often. But uh, uh, I think it's going to be a great crowd with four local New York teams. Everyone's going to represent tonight. Rutgers will have a good turnout. I know Iona will, as we will, and uh, and the St. John's fans will be there for a home game at 7 o'clock. Now, Coach, you know, talking about the St. John's game, it's always a fun game. It's become a rivalry over the years. And, of course, the memory everyone at Fordham has recently, your first year here, you come back from a 20-point second-half deficit to win. Have you talked at all to the guys who weren't on this team? Because about three-quarters of this team was not there in 2010. Have you talked to those guys about that game and what it did for Fordham basketball? Well, to a degree. I mean, you know, we, we try not to live in the past, but we, we are, you know, building tradition here. So we've talked to them. Every one of them has seen that tape 
of the last three or four minutes of that game. That's something that went around the recruiting visits, they say. Uh, now, the difference, once again, and, and it's a great difference maker, is Roosevelt Jim. You know, uh, I don't think we're going to see St. John's, Georgia Tech, or, or many major conference schools agreeing to come play us in Rose Hill uh, because of the success we had with that game and then Georgia Tech and then Harvard as a top 25 team last year. So with that said, um, that's once again where the Garden and the Barclays Center come into play for us. But, uh, yeah, they're all aware of it. They understand that life's about opportunities, and we have a great opportunity tonight to go and, and, and play a team and, and a young team. Uh, this St. John's team is a young team as well, and I think that's why they struggled. They have one road win, uh, I believe, on their schedule so far. Their other wins have come at home. Uh, they, they lost a tough game at San Francisco on Tuesday night, a West Coast Conference team. And the West Coast Conference is kind of the 8-10 of the West Coast talent-wise. I coached there at Loyola Marymount for a year. But uh, the San Francisco team was a veteran team, and they did a great job executing their game plan. And that's one of the things, one of the games we watched as a team. And one of the things I talked to our team about is being mature enough to understand how to make plays, not be rattled by certain things that can take place with a team like St. John's. They're so athletic and, uh, and things of that nature. So it all, it all is part of the learning curve, guys. And, Coach, looking back at your own roster, Brian Smith appeared to have a breakout game against Lehigh, really looked to assert himself. Is that the kind of effort that you expect from Brian here on out? Without a doubt. I think, you know, one of the things we talked to Brian was if he had that kind of effort in a few of the earlier games, uh, you know, there'd be a few more W's on the board. We are expecting a lot from him. He played a lot as a freshman, so it shouldn't be a shock for him. You know, he's not a true sophomore. He's logged so many minutes. And he's, he's, he's capable of doing more than just shooting the ball. We need him to score the ball from the perimeter. But he's a strong, powerful kid. He needs to go in and rebound the basketball. He needs to be on the floor when there's loose balls. And he needs to become a complete player, and that's something that we're working on with him. I think he can fill up a box score. He's someone who can score, rebound the basketball, be a solid defender, uh, and do all the little things for you. Now, you talk about the fact that he's not really a true sophomore with the amount of time he's spent on the on the floor this past year and, and a quarter. Now, do you think that that role, that expectation, may be getting to him a little bit, and that was maybe why we saw the, the slow start from him? Uh, well, I hope not. I, I'm hoping that that got to him, and that's why he played well the last game. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, It's funny, guys, in coaching, you know, you, you, when they're young, you want them to get old, and when they're old, you're saying, God, I wish we could keep him one more year. <laughs> You know, but but that's just the nature of our business. But, no, I think Brian has responded well to it. And uh, he had a great practice yesterday. And, and look, he's playing in the garden, and he's a Brooklyn kid. Uh, for, for us New Yorkers to be in the garden playing or coaching is just it's a thrill. So I expect him to rise to the occasion. And, Coach, ever since Chris Gaston went down with the injury, Khalid Robinson has been the guy to fill his spot in the starting lineup. Uh, I know he was a walk-on. He's earned a scholarship. What has he shown you? That has earned him the start of the starting job. Well, he's you know once again the same reasons why we gave Khalid the scholarship for this year. You know uh, we knew we weren't going to use it on a scholarship player, uh, uh, another recruit in this recruiting class. We wanted to roll it over into next year, and Khalid has done everything right that we've asked of him. And he's the toughest kid on the team. He competes every day. It doesn't matter if he's guarding a six nine or six ten guy or a five ten point guard. He's going after him. He's diving on the floor. He's bringing great energy. So uh, we felt it was important to reward him. Plus, he is a senior. Even though he's a walk-on, he does settle the troops a little bit. Now, he's been turning the ball over quite a bit. His numbers are, and minutes are going to go down, I think, as, as the season progresses. But I couldn't ask more out of Khalid Robinson. I believe he's getting everything out of every fiber in his body when he goes out there. Now, if that was the case with some of our more talented guys, I think we'd be in a much better position now with a much better record. So they can learn from him how hard you have to play, how hard you have to compete 
how hard you have to push your teammates every day in practice and how intense you need to be if you're going to be successful on this level. Now, Coach, Ryan Canty uh, in these last three games has really started to get his career going. Uh, he's averaged almost a double-double in these last three games. What can you say about his progression uh, so far these last three games in his sophomore year? Obviously, he's been a bright spot, and there's still a huge upside uh, to Ryan and what he can do. He's uh, he's had a great physical presence out there. Obviously, you see his physical size, the big strapping kid, and he throws his body around with reckless abandon. Now, he does need to be smarter in when he gives fouls, how he gives fouls. We can't have him fouling out of games. We need him on the floor. Uh, you know, he continues to work on becoming a better back-to-the-basket scorer. But he's a fine offensive rebound. He's all over the rim on offensive rebounds. I would say half of his field goals are on dunks uh, this year. So he's, he's willing to attack the rim and, and expose his body when he does it. Uh, but he continues to get better and better. I think, without a doubt, he's been a bright spot. Now the key will be continuing to have him go up and put those double-double numbers up when Chris Gaston comes back, and he's putting his double-double numbers up. And we get a little bit of guard play, and then it's all good. And, Coach, finally, you signed three players to letters of intent when you look at Manny Suarez, Denzel Gregg, and Jake Fay, the brother of Jared Fay. Uh, what do these three guys bring to your team as you look to you know, continue to rebuild this program? Yeah, well, as we said in our release, and I believe I can speak on it, you know, they're, they're all part of this rebuilding process. They increase the talent level, and it's really about, you know, getting talent in the stable. It's just about continuing to get good players in the program and allow them to grow as the program grows. All right, Coach, thanks a lot for joining us here, and uh, best of luck tonight. We'll see you at the Garden. Guys, thanks so much. We really appreciate everything.